Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back in to another Auburn Live football show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Cole Pinkston's joining us. I am Justin Hokinson. We'll get into a bunch of Auburn football talk here in just a minute. Um, real quick shout out to our main sponsor of the show, Session Cocktail in downtown Auburn, right there on Magnolia Avenue next to Taco Mama. Go check them out. Session Cocktails, happy hour, four to six. Um, great drinks, great environment. Uh, good people there, Avery and Joe and Hunter um, and all those people at Session. Go check them out for uh, for a good vibe, a good environment, and, and some really good drinks um, and good service and, and all that good stuff. It's a great cocktail lounge there in downtown Auburn. All right, Cole, let's get into uh, some, uh, some chatter this week. Let's talk a little bit about um, – what Hugh Freeze said on Monday. If you haven't gone to AuburnLive.com, if you're not a member, by the way, if you're just catching us, uh, go subscribe. It's $1 for, for the first month. Go try it out. Go see if you like it, the content, the message board, the people. Um, go see if you like it. And if you're not, you're out $1. And um, So go check us out, AuburnLive.com. A lot of premium content, a lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of news. Obviously, we have all the news, but we also have a lot of perspective and opinions and things like that that I think you'll enjoy um, hearing about as well, and on top of just the, the football news and the recruiting news and, and all that good stuff. So go check that out at auburnlive.com. Um, all right, Cole, let's talk about some things Hugh Freeze said heading into this A&M game. Um, we've written about it a little bit in terms of things that sort of caught our eye and what we're looking at, what are kind of, I guess, the sort of storylines heading into to this week of based on what we saw and what we know is coming up for Auburn. Um you know, obviously quarterback is, is I guess, is going to be sort of a question until we get a few games in SEC play. You know, maybe the quarterback questions will start to die down once there's a rhythm established. I think we started to see one um, against Sanford. And, uh, of course, Hugh Freeze was asked about that again. He gave a shorter answer than he's given in the past, which I think is a sign of, like, I'm kind of fatigued of answering this question. Um and, and kind of part of the answer was sort of that, too. Like, look, guys, it's life. If you do your job, you're, you're good. If you don't do your job, you're not going to be good. Um, and so, um, again, it was it was basically Peyton's the guy. He played well. Robbie needs to get touches. We're not doing the herky-jerky in and out. Same thing he said. So I think, I think we're starting to get something established in terms of what to expect from the quarterback position, don't you think? Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I think that – even though he spoke after this game, I think that he saw something, or at least a lot of people saw it. Uh, I, I give the shout-out to Anthony from Montgomery who calls in on our call-in show. He said, look, Peyton Thorne played with a different swagger against Sanford. He, he looked different. He looked more controlled. He looked more comfortable. And I think Hugh Freeze is going to see that. And knowing that Robbie Ashford's not coming in, I think made a huge difference. So, Obviously, he mentioned the herky-jerky stuff and pulling him in and out, and he I don't think that's going to happen again. He does seem adamant, though, about Robbie Ashford still having some kind of role, especially in these bigger games. I'm, I'm guessing short yardage, something like that. But, you know, 
I feel like they're going to be worried about predictability, but they were pretty predictable against Cal, which was a bigger game. So his comments on Monday didn't really clear anything up for me as far as that goes, other than I think he understands you can't just throw Robbie Ashford out there at any time. Yeah, he said on the herky-jerky stuff, he said, and those are Freeze's words, by the way, herky-jerky. But, yeah. um, he, yeah. said, he said, I think we all agree on that, which means – him and him and Philip Montgomery and everybody internally that needs to agree agrees that rotating within a possession or even alternating possessions is not the way uh, is not the way to go. I'm starting to think the more he talks about Robbie needs his touches, Robbie needs his touches. Uh, we'll, let's see. We'll see how it plays out against Texas A&M. We'll see how it plays out against Georgia. Those are going to be much much different games than what we've seen so far in terms of. Um, what Auburn's up against, what they're trying to accomplish. It's going to take, you know, everything they've got offensively when, when you start getting, especially really these first three games, LSU as well, in, in a few weeks. Um, I sort of think the comments about Robbie are, I think it's a, I think it's a, a tip of the cap to Robbie's athletic ability, but I also, but I also start to wonder, like, what else is he supposed to say in public? In, in front of the media. I, I think he is also, there's an element of what Freeze is doing, which is um, trying to keep Robbie Ashford encouraged. He doesn't want to come out in, in the media and go, Peyton's, Peyton's our guy, and you know we'll try to get Robbie in if we can. Robbie will read that, and if we know anything about Robbie Ashford from watching him play, watching him on the sideline, he's an emotional person. And... Uh, if you if you need him to be level-headed, you need him to be engaged in practices. Um, because what if Peyton Thorne gets hurt? What I mean, anything could happen. You need Robbie to stay engaged, and I think the best way to keep him engaged is to say the right things in, in the media, say that he has value um, and that he has a role, and and then maybe we'll, we'll see how that plays out against Texas A&M. I'm sure Robbie will play, and there will be packages. Um, but I think that's an element, too, of, of I know a lot of our people on our board get frustrated to hear him say, Robbie needs to get the football, Robbie needs to get the football. But I just think part of that is keeping him engaged. Robbie might not get any carries against Texas A&M. It's possible, like depending on the way the game goes. But I think he's going to continue to say the right things um, to Robbie at practice and to the media to make sure that he's engaged. Don't you think? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it that much. Probably because I'm an old school guy, and uh, I don't think that way personally. <laughs> so, that, but that's yeah. kind of the new age of football. That's the way it is now. That's just kind of a reflection of the world, honestly. But <clears throat> you know, I, he does need touches. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I, I agree with that. I just don't think it's a quarterback. That's that's not that's me. Um, <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that either. Well, and that's by the way, that's not a knock on Robbie. Now, if you if if Robbie were listening to this, he might take that as a knock because he looks at himself as a quarterback, and he's saying you, you're saying I can't play quarterback. But but at the same time, I think it's a again it's a it's a tip of the cap to his athletic ability for you to say I think he could play receiver. No, it's it's a compliment. You're trying to play yeah. quarterback. I don't think you're a quarterback. I think you could be a phenomenal receiver or an H back or something that or a utility guy. You know where your your physicality and your speed is used get you out in space. I think it would be great. 
But he's not going to do that. He's, he thinks he's a quarterback. He's going to stay at quarterback. Well, I think your point is perfect because he's because Hugh Freeze may think the same as me, but he also understands that Holden Garner, you know, may not be quite ready yet uh, with his offense. Robbie Ashford may not be either, but at least he brings something where where it's like he he could break a game open with his legs, right? So you got to keep him confident. Unfortunately, that's kind of the way it is. Um, you don't have the luxury of saying, well, I got three other guys that could play right now. So you have to make sure he's confident and, and all good at quarterback. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I think, I think we're going to start to settle in. That was one of my predictions when I did the three, two, one on Sunday. My prediction was, I think this quarterback thing's about to be settled in. And Freeze kind of reiterated that on Monday, which is Peyton's going to be the guy. Um, there won't be any more rotations. There won't be any, I don't think, uncertainty. Um, I think it'll be a package a situation. The same way that Jeremiah Cobb might come in a game or Brian Batty might come in a game, to me that's that's the way Robbie Ashford will be used, a, a time and place, um, yeah. place on the field, down and distance, something like that. But there will be no more of, all right, this is Robbie's drive. Let's let him go out there and run three plays and go run this possession starting at the 40. That that I don't think that stuff's going to happen anymore. Um, and and I think it's a I think it's a good thing. I think um, what what hurts Robbie though, Peyton Thorne can run. He is not slow at all. Yeah, <laughs> he can absolutely run, and finish a lot of drives in the red zone once again. So do you really want to be if you're worried about being herky jerky as Hugh Freeze says? Do you want to you know squander an opportunity in the red zone by throwing a package out there that may not you know jive well with what's happening on that drive? beforehand I wouldn't I mean I don't know how he's going to go about it but you know even in the Cal game it was Peyton Thorne who finished the drives in the red zone that, that won the game yeah so it's it's a weird situation I I, I hope that what you're saying is is the truth and that hey I've, I can't I can't just say maybe behind closed doors he's telling Thorne you know this is your show we're not going to be doing all that rotating I don't know I'm speculating there's no telling what's going on because it's a weird situation I think there's somewhat of a conundrum in the backfield too um where you got all these guys what's the right rotation who should be in more I think there's a little bit of that not a terrible problem to have but you know it's just a lot of these things that are going on with the offense the receiver too they're they're putting like 10 guys out there at receiver so I don't know I mean they haven't really you know, honed in on the main guys, I don't think, which is not terrible. It was, it, look, it, it could be a lot worse, okay? That's why I think there's a lot left in the bag for the offense as a whole. Yeah, let's talk about that run game a little bit. You mentioned it, and I think it's a fair point, the running game. I thought after Cal, I wasn't – I didn't think they played that well. Hugh Freeze came out and said he actually thought they played well. They just turned the ball over, and I kind of was like, okay, you know, if that's what Hugh Freeze them saw, that's – okay, that's fine. Um, and then Stanford happens, and they didn't play well again. Offensive line didn't play well. Had some penalties. You had a, you had a uh, two holdings from Dylan Wade, a false start on Xavier Miller, and a false start on Gunnar Britton, along with just not, you know, running the ball that effectively. Yes, Stanford stacked the box a little bit with a safety, but I don't think there was a lot of push there, which Freeze talked about being a pad level issue. Um, you know, the running back kind of haven't hit their stride yet. I mean, if you had to say through three games, 
Jeremiah Cobb is the one that's flashed, not the other two. The other two have had good moments, but Jeremiah Cobb's had the had I think some some he obviously had the longest run. Um, he had a reverse against Cal that was going to be a, could have been a lot more if not for a holding call. Um, he almost had that touchdown against Sanford early in that that first possession, right? When was that the very first possession? Um, that he just barely stepped out. So um, the running game three games in is not where we thought it would be. I, I don't think. Um, you're, you're, you're a little bit inconsistency blocking, and you don't see a running back that's really emerged as the man. And then now you hear Hugh Freeze talking about Jeremiah Cobb and saying, we're going to continue to find ways to get him the football and draw plays and formations. And he says he's the fastest running back in, the, in that room, um, which I think we can see. And he's saying, look, whether it's running or even passing, we got to continue to find ways to get him the football, even going as far as to making the comment of, you know, the best players will play, which I was like, I mean, you know, I wonder, I wonder in that room, how close do they think Jeremiah Cobb is to, to, to Jarquez Hunter and Damari Austin? You know, maybe there's an understanding the offense issue or block, you know, there's, maybe there's little things that can only come with time you know, hitting the whole pressing stuff that you learn as a college running back. But I wonder how close they think Cobb is to being a guy that they could lean on because the comments made it sound like there's room to grow from, from, from the whole running game. And Jeremiah Cobb brings something unique to the table. And it'll be interesting to see what Jeremiah Cobb's role is against A&M on the road, then against Georgia. Do they, is it just lip service? Do we actually see him get seven touches or, is he still just a true freshman? And we hear them say he's going to get involved, and then he goes out there and gets two carries, and they revert back to Hunter and Austin. And I'm curious to see how it plays out. But that whole unit, O-line, running backs, um, they got to they got to prove a little bit to me. Well, it doesn't look like they're making Jeremiah Cobb a second thought. I think he's right there with those guys, and I don't think they're going to redshirt him. He's played in three games now. <clears throat> you can only play in four. That the red shirt's not happening. He's going to be used, no and he's going to be used a lot moving forward. Is my prediction. I don't know that for sure. I I think that's what's going to happen because of his ability to break the game wide open. <clears throat> it's the same reason they want to get Robbie Ashford touches. So, um, yeah, he's going to be used a lot. I, I mean, I've seen good things from the backs. I've seen good runs by Jarquez Hunter. I've seen some bad runs. I've seen more good runs from Demari Austin. Um, I, I like the way that he's. You know, he's maybe not the flashy guy like Cobb can be at times, but he's getting the job done pretty well, in my opinion. Um, it's interesting. You look at these stats, and I was doing that this morning. Auburn's up there in a lot of offensive categories, especially rushing. They're 18th in the country right now, which it's only been three games. But I think my point is we haven't seen a true test. California, the way they approached that game, they didn't see it as a – in my opinion, they didn't see it as a huge, huge test. They saw it as, we should be better than them. Let's try to run that clock down and get out of here with a win. That's the way the game plan was set up, in my opinion. I think it's almost like an, a, an opener this weekend because it's like everything should look a little bit different because of what the opponent is. I think this is the, you know, at least in his mind, in Hugh Freeze's mind, Philip Montgomery, Ron Roberts, this is – as big a test as you're going to get, um, you know, until you start getting into the SEC play. So I think it's going to look totally different. 
I think a lot of these things that we're talking about right now may not even be a thing uh, when we're talking about the A&M game next week. Uh, I just think a lot of things are going to be different for that reason. Listen, I mean, this could be this could be the toughest test Auburn's offense faces all year. And the reason I say that is, number one, A&M's defense is very good. I know what Miami did. It takes an above-average passing game to get to A&M. Um, and I'm not sure Auburn has that. Um, but I like A&M's defense. Now, is Georgia's defense better? Yeah, but you get that game at home. And so I think playing at home, even against a better defense, will give you some advantages. Alabama, that's at home. LSU will be on the road. Who's be- whose defense is better, LSU, A&M? You know, I, 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 comparable. But I think where Auburn is, having not been tested in the SEC, going on the road in the SEC for the first time, I think all the circumstances plus the talent that A&M has on defense, I just think it could be the, the biggest challenge they, they, they face just for some different unique um, um, ways. I just think in some unique circumstances, it's, it's going to be really, really tough. Um, and that A&M defensive line is good, big, talented, good linebackers. Um, it's going to be a big-time challenge. I mean, you got – look, Peyton Thorne, he's played, in, he's played at Michigan State. I mean, playing College Station is a different thing. Shane Hooks, Rivaldo Fairweather, Dylan Wade, Gunnar Britton, Avery Jones. These guys have never played in the, on the road in the SEC. This is a different, this is a different deal, man. Uh, Jay Fair, obviously, has been on the road. Javaris Johnson, those guys played last year, so they've been in the environment. But, um, I mean, Jeremiah Cobb, new guy. Like, there's just – going to be a different deal Saturday. And they're going to have to settle in really, really quickly to be, to be ready to, to be ready to play. I, I think they got to, they got to get through that first quarter. Um, hopefully, limit the turnovers. But we'll see what kind of game plan they have. Do you think there's anything that Auburn's offense has held back now through three games? We saw a lot more against Sanford. Are there some things that are still in the bag? You think that they're going to pull out Saturday? Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> really, I don't think it's plays. I think the scheme is going to be very similar. I don't think they're going to have anything new on the run game. I think you've seen everything that they got as far as that goes. They probably have more pass attachments to go with it for RPOs, if I had to imagine. And they probably will spread out the formation a little bit more because I don't think that helps the running game when you're condensed. And and they've been in 12 personnel, two tight ends, a lot this season. That may be what they like. But I, I just feel like they're going to get into the 10 personnel with your four receivers out there. I guess you could call it 11 if Fairweather's out in the slot. But um, I think they'll get into more of that, which will open up some running lanes. Uh, I think you'll see some, you know, some running backs pop off bigger runs at times. Even against A&M, who's a good defense, I do expect some offensive success. I don't expect some kind of drought like they had at Cal. I feel better, and again, we may look at this afterwards just like we did at Cal and go, what in the world? We were so backwards on what we thought it was going to be. But I do expect some success from the offense. I, I, I worry about the defense, particularly the defensive front um, against A&M's offensive line. I, I don't love that matchup. So, you know, I I do think that there's going to be some bigger runs and, and more space for the running backs with the way that they set it up this week. I think that's the biggest thing they're holding back right now is the formations. Yeah, and, and saw a little bit of that um, late in the game, Sanford second half, a lot, a lot of really wide splits as they started to run the ball more and try to run the clock a little bit more late in that game. 
Receivers yeah. were really spread out um, in a lot of those run formations, which is just kind of a no-brainer because um, they got to go out there and cover you. So, um, yeah. you know, now now does it could it kind of tip you off potentially? Yeah, you could go out there and start to see, hey, if you start to see receiver this far out, you know, if you're a safety or something, creep up. Um, you know, and that's something Auburn will have to be um, weary about. The other big issue with with this Auburn football team at the moment is injuries. You know, it's kind of one of those things we talked about before the year. We knew the depth wasn't there across the board, and so they we, they couldn't afford these injuries. Like, if they wanted to try to get the seven and eight wins, they couldn't have uh, injuries. And, boy, three weeks in, um, they, they've had injuries. They've really, really been going back to the end of fall camp. They've dealt with injuries. You now have Austin Keys and Keontae Scott, who are out for the season, two defensive starters at linebacker and Keontae Scott at nickel. I say out for the season. They're out indefinitely. I mean, Keys uh, had thumb surgery. I guess I guess it's very possible he could be back in November. Keontae Scott, I don't know exactly what his injury is. He's out. They're out indefinitely. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't count on seeing them probably, obviously, September and probably in October either. Maybe they can come back in November. But for the time being, they're out. Yeah. And then you toss in uh, Cam Stutz got hurt. Um, against Sanford, Xavier Miller got banged up against Sanford. We don't know their status for the A&M game at this point. Nehemiah Pritchett's missed the first three games. We don't know if he'll play. Donovan Coffin did not play against Sanford, but I do expect him to play uh, at Texas A&M. I think he could have gone against Sanford if he needed to, so that is good news. I, I do expect him to start at nickel. You got J.D. Rhyme back, um, or Rim. I still don't know how to say that. Um, <laughs> three two, uh, yeah, do I know? Uh-huh. Free says rhyme. I don't know who's right, but yeah, I don't know. Well, it's R H Y. It's got an H in there. I'm going to go rhyme. Um, I uh, I think J D will be the backup nickel um, behind Donovan Coffin, and I think Caleb Wooden will move to safety. But so you know, Coffin will come back. Rhyme comes back, uh, but Jalen McLeod's not 100%. Left the game early against Sanford. Javaris Johnson didn't play against Sanford. Don't know exactly what his deal was. Luke Deal got banged up. Hopefully, he's good and ready to go. Keldrick Fox getting more healthy after missing some time late in fall camp. Nick Marner returned. Um, but just a lot of banged-up guys. But, I mean, for the time being, you're talking about Keontae Scott, the big loss, not just there, but punt returner. He's a game-breaker at punt returner that you lose. And then, you know, look, if Donovan Coffin gets banged up again, then then you're in real trouble with that defensive secondary, and you're staring at Stutz and Miller and going, what are their injuries? You know, if Stutz doesn't go – um, you could just plug, I would assume you plug Jeremiah Wright in at, at, at guard, at the other guard. If Xavier Miller can't go, I would assume you then move Britton back to tackle and then you plug right in at guard. So there's, there's, there's options at one. Now, if both can't go, then I guess you move, if Miller can't go, you move Britton out. Stutz can't go. You move right in at guard and then you got to replace, I guess, another guard. Um, so, you know, there's options there, but they just – the problem with one injury is then you can't, you can't afford another. And so they're just – you just don't like these guys getting, getting banged up, especially with SEC play going. How, how concerned are you at the moment with who's in, who's available, who's not available, and or who do you think potentially is the biggest um, loss at this moment or potential loss if these guys can't go on Saturday? Well, as bad as it hurts to lose Keontae Scott – I actually do think they have some options there at nickel that are going to be okay. J.D. Rahm, Rim, he, he made 
fantastic play on his interception. Had a couple of good plays before that, too. So I think he sort of asserted himself as somebody that you can trust, or at least that Ron Roberts can trust, to be out there. So I feel okay with that position. Honestly, um, you know, hats off again to the job that they did on the offensive line in the offseason, getting enough guys for these situations because Jaden yeah. Muskrat played well when he went in. And, and honestly, Jaden Muskrat, you know, I graded him last year when he played against Ole Miss, he and Dylan Wade, and they both graded well. Uh, so we know that they can play to an extent at least. And Muskrat should be pretty familiar with all the offense at this point, especially since it's Philip Montgomery's offense where he came from. So I really think the offensive line's in decent shape. Um, I don't think it's going to be a huge drop-off if you lost Miller. The reason for that is because I still think he's learning a little bit as he goes. Now, his talent is very high, but, again, he's young. He's learning. So it's sort of a it's sort of one of those deals where, you know, you're throwing him into the fire and going, all right, let's get you learned up as quick as we can here because we think you're the most talented guy. Um, but I think they're okay. I don't think there's a huge drop-off there when you go Muskrat or when you go Jeremiah Wright. I think it's okay. You're not in terrible shape is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, it, you know, this whole thing that, that Freeze keeps going back to with the talent gap, he, he sort of frets over it. You know, have I closed the talent gap? Have we gotten closer to the Georges and Bamas, the LSUs? I think you realize that they have not when you start looking at these injuries and going, gosh, you know. You're getting really thin now, getting really thin. You just don't have much after what you got there. Um, And and if you were to lose a guy like Muskrat or just one of those, one more injury could be detrimental. Uh, That's the unfortunate part about it right now. Yeah, and it is J.D. Rim, by the way. I just looked at the uh, annunciation um, chart in the media guide. So it is Rim. Gotcha. Um, I was wrong. Um, yeah, so it's just a, that's a, it's a bummer how these injuries have happened. Um, you just, you, you can't afford any, can't afford many more. Got to get some guys healthy, but, um, you know, like Keldrick Falk, getting it, getting him in there and get healthy. Um, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it looks looks like he's he's playing well. So we'll see how these injuries play out. We'll see how the week goes. Um, you know, you need Cam Stutz in there. You heard Hugh Freeze say on Monday he thinks Cam Stutz is the tone setter. He yeah. said he didn't think the offensive line was physical enough, um, and he sort of said, hey, losing Stutz was a part of that because Cam Stutz is a tone setter. And we talked about Cam. He was one of my guys that was one of my stock risers after Cal. thought he really got after it, and um, you could see that physical element of his game. And so if you hear Freeze kind of talk about him being a tone setter, okay, that's a guy that now is pretty important to be in there, clearly, if, if, if he's got that kind of role. Um, in in creating some physicality on the offensive line, um, heading into this game will be will be a big one. Um, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting in this game is is the uh, Auburn's pass defense. They've played, you know, you played UMass, who's got a mobile quarterback. I don't know that was really a threat to throw. You play Sanford, who was a good quarterback, 
and had some time, but they didn't have the weapons to really, I don't think, challenge Auburn um, yeah. at receiver. And then Cal really didn't have a lot going on either. They, they, they went back to their mobile quarterback a little bit. A&M, Connor Wigman, a couple of 300-yard passing games straight. Um, Aeneas Smith, baller. Evan Stewart, baller. I mean, some, a couple of phenomenal receivers. Um, and Bobby Petrino, who's, who's obviously a really good offensive coordinator, I think uh, – I think that secondary is going to be is going to be challenged, and that pass rush is going to be challenged like they haven't been all season. Yeah, it's interesting the that Cal decided Ben Finley was not the best option to help them win that game, and they figured it out pretty quickly. He's more of a pocket guy, a guy that stands and throws, not a running guy. Well, um, Mac, uh, not Max, Connor Wegman at Texas A&M is a little bit more of a pocket passer as well. So, honestly, if you're looking for matchups that are favorable, I like that. I like that matchup for Auburn. Uh, I don't think I don't think the edge setting has been very good for Auburn, especially in the run game. So, when it comes to perimeter runs or a guy that can escape the pocket, I think that is where Auburn gets hurt a little bit. But as good as Michael Hires is for Sanford, he, he didn't really – he wasn't effective against Auburn's defense because and, – and it's not because they were getting pressure with four guys because they weren't, not really. I think the coverage is that good downfield. So I think this is a pretty good matchup as far as the type of quarterback that Auburn's going to see at A&M. Yeah, you could be right. You could be right about that. Try to maybe, maybe hopefully get back to that guy a little bit. Um, I do wonder how the blitzing from the nickel position will change with without Scott. You just have Kaufman. Obviously, he's good at blitzing too, but if his snap count's going to be a lot higher, um, he's going to have a busy game. He's going to have a busy game. I mean, his snap. You know, obviously, you can bring in rim a little bit at nickel. He'll he'll definitely play, but I would imagine Kaufman is playing 75% of the snaps, um, and and also blitzing. So Kaufman's going to have a busy day. Hopefully, Jalen McLeod. Is getting closer to 100%, man. They need him. They need him. We still haven't seen 100% Jalen McLeod for like for a game and games to see what kind of impact he can really have. Um, and so they really need to get him back, um, get him back out there. Third down defense is something that I noted on Twitter um, and uh, talked about in, in the story. And Freeze talked about it too. Of course, Freeze went into a much bigger um, comment that we can talk about in a second. But third down defense is going to be really interesting. Um, Texas A&M is third in the country in third down defense. Auburn is fifth in the country. Um, they're the top two defenses in the league so far through three games on third downs. A&M's given up, I think, seven conversions in like 34 attempts. Auburn's given up, I think, 10 in, in conversions in 41 attempts. So they've both been really, they've both been really good. Um, they've both been really, really good. And I think when it comes to Auburn's offense, um, obviously penalties, mistakes, getting behind the chains is going to just crush them. So we've got to, got to stay ahead of the chains on first and second down um, and try to make some things happen. But that third, those third downs could be absolutely critical with a couple of defenses that have been pretty dang good against uh, against their opponents on those third downs. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I noted – in the run game, they gave up a couple of short yardage plays, and, and that's what concerns me the most, I think, about going into A&M because if they want to line up 
and run right at Auburn's defense, I think they are going to have success with that, honestly. Um, I think trying to throw the ball a lot plays more into Auburn's hand. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's, you know, I think Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher are competent enough to go, yeah, well, this is where the weakness is. We're going to take advantage of that. Yeah. Not that the play callers they've faced so far are not. It's just they have a little bit more to work with at A&M. They've recruited that way. So this is what, obviously, why Hugh Freeze went on his huge monologue, I guess, about, you know, I want everyone to understand this. They've been stacking talent for three or four years now, and we have not. <laughs> so uh, please keep that in mind as we go into this stretch. Uh, I thought that was fair. Fair point, and, and he even he even prefaced that by saying, you know, I, I think I'm a little too candid with you guys sometimes, but here it goes. <laughs> so um, that's the truth, uh, and it's not a shot at any of his players. It's just, you know, you, you had to sort of patchwork your team out of the portal, and that's it's not how anybody wants to live in the SEC. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. um, and I thought that was important for Hugh Freeze to get into talking about the talent gap. He's like, listen. You know, I mean, he, he he stopped short of obviously saying Auburn lacks talent. He's not going to come out and go, listen, guys, we don't have very good talent. Sure. He's just saying, like, these other teams have been recruiting at an elite level for years, and Auburn hasn't. Um, which that was probably the most direct. If you go back and read that quote, I mean, the way what he's talking about was probably the most direct shot. It's probably the most direct shot at Brian Harson that he could take. I mean, he basically, was like they've been stockpiling talent, and, and he goes, and he said, we'll be there. So he's, he's pretty much saying we're not we're we're not there they're there we're not. He did and sound so very, very not confident. is yeah is the, is the last couple of, is the last coaching staff. So um, he sounded very confident he, that they will get there. He sounded like oh, oh we'll yeah. get there. don't worry about that. It's just we're not there. Yeah, right. <laughs> they'll get there and they'll I don't know what I mean they'll I don't know if they'll be Georgia level, um, but they're 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 definitely. I mean you can already see the the fruit of what they're doing on the recruiting trail, the high school ranks and. Um, the kids they've get the caliber of the kids are getting committed. The kind of kids are getting on campus. Sure, they'll get there. There's no doubt. In three years from now, the talent on this team is going to look far, far different. Um, but they're not yet. They're not there yet. I think it was important for Freeze to toss that out there because it kind of goes back to something we talked about. As the season got closer, it felt like people's expectations had risen to like eight wins. Like they should just go win eight wins, eight games. And that does, that's not that's, that doesn't line up with the kind of team they are. I think people now have sort of come back down to earth a little bit. But Freeze has said it. Going back to the spring, summer, fall, um, he has. If you go listen, he's like, "Look, I don't know how good we are. I don't know where we are. I don't exactly know how much we've closed the gap, but I think we're a little bit better." Mm-hmm. He's been um, cautious when talking about the talent compared to the other teams and exactly where this team is. Talking about the, whether even even getting down to assessing the quarterbacks or assessing the receivers individually throughout fall camp, he has been very cautious, and I think Auburn fans need to start listening. I think that they're they're excited, they're optimistic, and, and, and there's a lot to be optimistic about in terms of the program. But if you listen to what he's saying, there there's some issues with this. Like they're going to go through some, some bumps this year. Seven or eight wins would be fine this year. Eight wins would be fantastic for this team. Eight wins wouldn't be like a good year. Eight wins would be a great year with the schedule and the talent you had to piece together and everything coming together. And so I think listen to Freeze when he talks about the talent gap and, and kind of listen to the caution in his voice when he talks about sort of where they're at. That's the truth. I mean, Auburn's got a massive test. They're a touchdown underdog. 
against A&M. Um, they'll be a bigger underdog when they, when they host Georgia. They'll be a double-digit underdog when they go to Baton Rouge. Um, I don't know about Alabama now, but I mean, Ole Miss, and then, and then you got Ole Miss coming home. Depends on maybe how Ole Miss is playing, but I could see them being a little bit of an underdog there. They will be an underdog in that game. There's probably no way Auburn's a favorite when Ole Miss comes in here. Um, so you're looking at four straight next four games. You're the underdog. Win one of them, and that's that's the unexpected. Um, Utah saying you're probably the underdog against Arkansas on the road. You're the underdog against yeah. Alabama. That's six games of your what do you got nine left? Six of the last nine, you're the underdog. Um, you might be a favorite at Vanderbilt and then the non-conference game and um, and uh, in Mississippi State at home. But you're looking at six six underdog games um, of the last nine. That's what you're facing now. Three, three non-conference games are out. Preseason's done. Of your next nine, you're going to be expected to lose six. So, you know, how, how do you make it happen? Who do you upset? Just – Understand that going in. Like, if you're Auburn fans and you're thinking, well, why do you were expected to lose probably six of your, like, of, of your next nine? Yeah, that's why I keep harping on that California win, man. That was so big um, because of what you're about to face. Uh, at least you're 3-0. and uh, There's not a lot of people that can say that right now. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people that can say that they're happy with some of the wins they have because I, I think it's genius what he Free said uh, about that back to his comment, you know, about the talent gap, because Jimbo Fisher can't say that. They went three and whatever last four and whatever last year. They can't blame it on talent, you know. Nope. Nope. Alabama's struggling at right now. They can't blame it on talent. You know what I mean? So he freezes going, pretty soon I won't be able to say this. Let me go ahead and get that out now and, and make it clear while I – you know, while I'm still trying to build my program here, there's a lot of people out there who have built, you know, what they're trying to do and still not getting the results. So I thought it was genius to go ahead and say that right now. Um, now you really can't. Do I think after this year? I mean, even though even though it might be true next year, people aren't going to listen. You have one. You have one year to play the. Well, we don't have the talent card. Now, that's not true. Next year, they, they need more than one class or two classes. But I'm just saying people aren't going to really be receptive to we're not there yet. And with, in the portal days in year two, they're just not going to hear that. They're, just, they're fine year one, but year two, next October, if he's going, well, we're just not there yet, they're going to go, well, you had two classes and two portal cycles. Yeah. And Hugh Freeze knows as well as you and I do from dealing with the public on a daily basis. Fans can be unreasonable. Uh, yeah. Bottom line, fans just are unreasonable, especially this day and age when, you know, crazy things happen, like Colorado turns their program around overnight, you know? So you have these outliers out there that make it tough for you to deal with trying to rebuild a program. And, and it's just not going to happen like that all the time. By the way, Colorado's coming up on a huge stretch here on their schedule. We'll see what they're made of, and they may be very good. Um, but sometimes the, the, the process of, of rebuilding a program is a little more difficult, especially when your schedule looks like Auburn's. <clears throat> that will slow you down in a minute. So I think this was a really smart move by Hugh Freeze to come out and say that and go, look, this is where we're at right now. I, I hope you all understand that and work with me here. Just give me a minute. We're getting there, okay? Now, having said all this, and, and even though I do agree with what he said, 
Do I think Auburn's capable to go in and win against A&M? I sure do. I think Auburn's got some pieces to be able to get it done. I'm not overly confident that it's going to happen. I think it's pretty much a toss-up with, with a slight edge to A&M right now just because of, you know, what they have talent-wise. But I do think a lot of the games on the schedule that are toss-ups or people think that Auburn can't win, they are capable of winning because I think there's more in the bag on offense. And I think Ron Roberts is getting the very best out of the defense right now. And if yeah. you're doing that, or if, if your offense continues to get better with what you've had on defense so far, you are going to have a chance in a lot of these games, a real good chance. I don't see Auburn getting blown out at all in any of them. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I would say, honestly, if you were to ask me right now for the rest of the season, is there a game where I think they could get blown out, I would probably – LSU game would probably be my first pick um, because that's on the road. And I think Jaden Daniels, they can be real dangerous. And um, he, he's, he's a handful. He can run and throw. Um, Georgia's offense is looking a little lackluster, so I'd like to think that Auburn will hang in there at home, hang in there. But I would go LSU would probably be my first pick. My second pick would probably be this weekend. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying if you had me to rank games of the possibility of getting beat by two touchdowns or more, LSU would probably be one, and this one probably be two, just because it's your first first conference game on the road against right. an offense that does have weapons. And you're, I'm not sure about Auburn. I don't. I want to see Auburn's defense, and um, and it's just a different type of test. Um, it's been a close series. A uh, and M leads seven to six. Auburn holds a four to Auburn holds a four to one edge in College Station, um, but they lost the last time in 2021. They went in there and, with Harson them and barely managed a field goal um, and lost 20 to three. It was a close game going into the fourth oh, yeah. quarter. Yeah, I remember now. But but that was just a horrific offensive performance. Um, and then of course A and M got them in, in Auburn in 2020. But before that, Auburn had three wins in a row. That um, game almost just. Completely fell out of my memory. I had to really Which think one? about it. The 2021 A&M game. Now I remember Bo Nix fumbled at the end there, and it got scooped and scored. I remember it now. Oh, it was. Um, I mean, it was six to three going into the fourth quarter. Auburn's defense played well, and then um, Auburn just got um, crushed in the. They had a fumble recovery, but they just they just got crushed in the fourth quarter. It did not go. I well. believe the wasn't that Donovan Kaufman's first strip. Of his career at Auburn, I think it was in in that game. Yeah, he ran a guy down, stripped it. If I remember correctly, might have been. Um, yeah, it was rough. They had uh, Auburn had 226 yards of offense in that game on 70 plays. Hmm. 70 plays on managed 226 yards of offense. Um, that was that was a pretty brutal. That was a pretty brutal one. And then the year before that, A and M really dominated that. That That's the game that Auburn was actually winning. Go, that's two years Auburn was – well, they were losing 6-3. to three. The 2020 game, they were winning going into the fourth quarter, 20-14, uh, to 14, and got crushed in the fourth quarter. A&M scored 17 fourth-quarter points uh, and really, like, ran all over Auburn in that 2020 COVID year in the fourth quarter. A&M ran for 313 yards in that game. Hmm. Yeah, that was a good A&M team in 2020. Um, and then, of course, last year, not, neither offense was any good. I don't know if you caught it or not. I, I did add a little stat 
in the in the story this morning. A and M is ninety fifth in rushing offense right now, which it's just three games, so those numbers are not totally legit. I mean, they also got behind against Miami and, yeah. and sort of abandoned the run game. But I mean, that's interesting. You know, they don't have a chain anymore, who was a game breaker. Every time he touched the ball, that's a guy that can take it to the house. Um, I, I do think that their passing game is a little bit more. I think they're like 60-40 pass with their balance right now, which, again, I think favors Auburn. If, again, if you're looking for a matchup that, that favors Auburn, I think that one does a little bit. Yeah. That will be uh, – yeah, there's some interesting matchups. And there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, Aiden's played Miami um, – and, and, and that's, that's good, but I still think there's some uncertainty with these teams on exactly what they're all about and how good they are. No um, doubt. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Auburn needs to try to get as healthy as they can this week and, um, and go into that game ready to play. Love the confidence that Peyton Thorne's going to enter, enter with, um, and some other guys, but it'll be, you know, punt returner, what do they do there, right? Like, Jalen Simpson is listed as the number one partner, turner, but Freeze mentioned Coy Moore getting some work, Caleb Burton getting some work. So the, I don't know exactly who will be the number one partner turner going into that game, um, but I, you know, whoever it is is probably going to be told to just go back there and fair catch it. You know, Keontae's got a different mindset about him, and I'm not sure on the road to start SEC play. I'm not sure whoever they plug in there is going to be really aggressive. I would imagine whoever they plug in, maybe in that first game is going to be a little bit hesitant. Well, Jalen Simpson, um, and, and I wrote this in the live game updates, This something he did was just as good as a big return, in my opinion. The ball was kicked short. He ran up in the traffic and fair caught it and probably saved them 15 to 20 yards, you know, uh, of field position. So that's something I, I think Auburn punt returners are not doing a good job of. He did it. I think he's the guy. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I, I, he could very well be the guy somebody that they rely on. Um, he's not bad with the ball in his hand either, Jalen Simpson. He's, he's a heck of an athlete. He's just slender. You don't want to get him hurt, but he's a heck of an athlete. Um, heck of an athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that I think that hits a lot of the, the storylines going into this game. Um, with with Auburn, obviously A&M's it's got their their issues too. Try to get the running game going, things like that. Um, but for Auburn, man, I think you just hope that Stutz and Miller are healthy, and uh, yeah. and see what kind of game plan you can put together this week, and and hope that the Cal game. The only the only hope is an A&M is not Cal. Those are not comparable road experiences, but they're road games in the sense that you're away from home. And, you know, you're dealing with some crowd noise. So maybe the Cal road game will benefit some of these guys uh, in this game. You know, some of these, some of these, some of these young players and some of these other transfers, maybe you'll go into this game and say, well, we've been on the road already. So yeah, this is different. It's going to be louder, but hopefully that road game already under their belt will help a little bit in the, just the comfort level, walking out there on somebody else's field, hopefully. Did you Um, think it was interesting that Freeze, Likes the eleven o'clock game, like really likes it. 
prefers it. Well, yeah, on the road, that's, I think he's – I mean, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. Well, you heard how much he hated the Cal game. The Cal game not just I don't blame him for that. Late game. But I think, yeah, it makes sense for him. Like, early games in general for a coaching staff are, are great to me. They get the game. They can watch the film the same day, and they go into Sunday having played the game, watched the film, graded the film, and it makes Sunday a lot easier when you have those early kickoffs. And and then the road, I think, is just is is good because any time you can play earlier on the road is better. It's just it's less time for the crowd to get lathered up. Um, <laughs> yeah. 11 a.m. versus 2:30, 6:30. The longer that day goes on, the more they anticipate it, the more ready they are, and the yeah. more your team has to think about it. Going on the road, I think at 11 is is probably the best um, you can ask for. Yeah. So it makes them it makes them sense and and then they'll have they'll have you know they'll come home and and have a little bit more time to prepare for Georgia at home. All right, let's get out of here. Um, make sure you catch the modcast here in a couple of days, and um, we'll have that up on Friday, um, as well as some recruiting shows. You guys gonna do another recruiting show this week? Yes, and we we actually have a little bit more to talk about this week after the uh, Stanford visitors that that were there. Nice. Um, so make sure you check out that. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel and turn notifications on AuburnLive.com. One dollar for a month. Go check that out, please, as well. Um, a quick shout out to Session Cocktail, the main sponsor of the Auburn Live Show, Magnolia Avenue, um, next to Taco Mama. Um, go check them out. Happy hour four to six. Um, really awesome place to go get some cocktails. Go check them out. Um, we'll have coverage of Hugh Freeze's weekly teleconference on Wednesday. That'll happen at AuburnLive.com, so we'll see what he's got to say. Um, and then, of course, we'll have um, plenty of stuff to get you prepared for Texas A&M and what they've got going on. Um, we'll have asked and answered subscriber questions and stuff like that we'll do later in the week. And then, of course, War Room and Pate's Perspective and all that good stuff as the week goes on. So content throughout the week, AuburnLive.com. Go check it out. Uh, appreciate everybody for joining us. For Cole, I'm Justin. We'll see you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.